Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Peaceful Body Podcast. My name is Inez Bai. I am your host bringing you episodes on here every single week, if not twice a week for over a year. We're almost at a year and a half old, which is a freaking incredible. So thank you for being here on the ride. Thank you for leaving your reviews. And it actually really helps if you follow us, follow us, follow me, the podcast on Spotify or subscribe. If you're listening to me on iTunes, it helps to support the podcast and get more people to be able to find it. And if you're new, welcome. Welcome to the fam. I'm so stoked to have you here. There's plenty of episodes to catch up on, but we basically Basically, are talking all things mindset, body image, self-love, up-leveling, becoming self-aware, all of the juicy topics. And you will, like I said, there's so much like to catch up on if you're brand new, but welcome, get comfortable. Today, I'm going to be talking about how to have better relationships, how to feel more secure in your relationships and my own personal evolution through relationships. And I'm mainly going to be focusing on romantic relationships, but I'll definitely be talking about how these principles that I'm going to talk about can be applied to any sort of relationship, whether it be to, you know, your family or your friends or romantic or, you know, dating or in a partnership or whatever it is. So I'm really excited to be diving through that because... It's actually something I talk about a lot with my clients and something that I don't talk about a lot on the podcast. So I thought, why not share with you all of the juicy nuggets that I have been going through within my personal life, but also kind of the theories behind it, like the scientific evidence to show it and some of the nuggets that I found through working with my private one-on-one clients. Before we dive into that, I just wanted to remind you and celebrate the fact that I'm currently running a competition where you can go into the running to win one of three vouchers that you can put towards any of my courses, programs, or coaching. So coming up over the next couple of months for the next for the rest of 2020, I've got a few things coming up. I have my Peaceful Soul program, which is a group coaching program where you get lots of support and accountability from me. We talk about all things mindset, relationships relationships, um, self-awareness, setting up a really good self-care routine. We also talk about money mindset. We go into spiritual themes like astrology and um, making sure that your life is really in alignment with your values and your energy is in alignment with what you want to call in, how to manifest. So that is my eight-week mindset program, which is starting in the middle of October. I am currently running an early bird special for those of you that are ready to take action. You're going to get rewarded with an incredible deal. So if you're interested in finding out more about that, just send me a DM on Instagram and I can give you more details. Aside from that, I will also be running my program, which is a course called the Abundance Method. This I'll be running in the middle of November and it is a course. So it's a little bit less support than the Peaceful Soul. However, it's a really good introduction into mindset and also the the um abundance approach, which is basically knowing that there are always more opportunities coming your way. And we also talk about relationships in terms of abundance and money mindset in terms of abundance, relationship with food, and also just generally what the abundance mindset is and how you can integrate it as a part of your life. So, uh, and if you're interested in that, you can also send me a DM because I'm also running an early bird special for that. But the reason why I kind of wanted to give you my timetable for what's going on for the rest of the year is so that you know what you can 
use the vouchers for that I'm running the competition for over the next couple of months as the rest of 2020 um, rolls on forward because I know for a few of you you've probably been considering joining one of my courses or programs and so going into the competition to win one of these vouchers is just a really nice way for you to be like oh okay I've got this voucher and I can put that towards a course I've been looking at for a really long time and know that it's always normal to feel a little bit nervous about investing for the first time but honestly you follow that nudge if you've been listening to this and every time I speak about it you keep thinking about it it lights you up you can't you know you're like I wonder what it would be like you don't need to know all of the details and you also don't need to be a sheep like you can make your own decisions and decide this is something that feels really exciting for me so I'm going to move forwards and do something I've never done before so that I can achieve the things that I've never achieved before and I will literally be there to guide you every single step of the way so if you would like to go into that competition and get a juicy voucher to put towards any of my programs and really kickstart your mindset and your self-awareness journey I have left the link in the show notes um, so you can click on that and you've just got to enter your details or you can head straight to my website inesbyfitness.com slash competition and you can just pop your details in there and I will be uh, announcing the winners at in the middle of this week on Wednesday the 30th at the end of the day I'll be sending you an Instagram DM if you have one and there are heaps of prizes and another juicy little bonus every single person that enters this competition is getting access to my new course which is called anxiety to chill real quick it's a three-part mini course it's normally worth $222 but everyone that enters to win will be getting access to this course for the next week only so make sure you go and win so make sure you go and win obviously manifest that baby girl um, make sure you go and enter then you'll be sent an email with how to access my anxiety to chill course and make sure you finish that by the end of the week because then it's going to be taken down and transformed into a paid course. Whew. All right. Hopefully you got all of that. If not, you can just send me a DM. Let me know. Hit me up. Let's have a chat. I am always there for you to ask any questions. They are always welcome to like my door is always open to you. So let's get into today's topic, which is all about how to have better relationships. So I am someone that has always found myself in long-term relationships and I believe this is because I didn't always have a very stable relationship with my family. We are a very confrontational bunch uh, in the sense that like we just have arguments and we don't really let things go. Like that's just the way that our family has always coped with things. And for me, I'm a very sensitive gal. So when someone like yells at me, I literally just like, I find it super overwhelming and it takes me like days to recover from it. Um, and so that's why I kind of moved out really quite young. I moved out when I was 19, as soon as I could afford it. And that led to me becoming very self-sufficient very quickly. But it also led to me being quite lonely because I just was like, well, I've got to kind of do things on my own. You know, I've got to have my own back. I've got to take care of myself. I didn't really want to rely on anyone outside of myself. I, I had this real need to prove that I wasn't dependent and that I didn't need anyone. Um, and so I think because of that, and also because I was very uh, nervous to be myself around my school friends because I believed that I wasn't good enough the way that I was. And this was all very subconscious. So I kind of performed this role that I thought I needed to in order to be accepted in my high school and the people that I hung out with there. Um, and the way that I coped with that was to have this one person who was always my boyfriend at the time to be completely authentic around and I was really really codependent on that person because obviously if you're relying solely on one person to be yourself around and to give you all of your emotional support and to be the only person that knows everything about you then obviously that's codependent because you're relying only on one person so 
that was just how I learned to cope, right? And obviously, as I've grown older, as I've been going through my own personal development journey, I have understood that this is probably not the healthiest way. In fact, it's definitely not the healthiest way to be managing my life or to be growing or to have like a supportive network. And the thing for me, which is really interesting, and I haven't realized this until reflecting recently, is that I've always had people around me that have wanted to support me, but I have been a bit sus on it or I haven't really been able to see that they want to support me. And instead of ever being vulnerable and opening up to these people, I've kind of kept on this strong facade, you know, really maintaining that independent gal image and haven't allowed them to support me or haven't been in a position to actually receive that support. So you it, like you might not know exactly what I mean, but probably for you, you're like, if you're someone that's like, oh, I really want to have more genuine friends or I want to have deeper connections or I want to just be around people that really get me there has to be a certain level of vulnerability. And obviously being vulnerable means sharing how you really feel, communicating your needs and, you know, being yourself. And that requires a certain level of self-awareness as well. But if you don't know your own needs or you don't accept your own needs and you don't know who you truly are, then how are you going to share that with other people? How are you going to be able to communicate that to other people? Like you're just not going to be at all. But I had grown up my entire life thinking that I needed to act a certain way in order to get friends, in order to be popular, in order to feel supported. And so I didn't even think that there was the option to be more vulnerable or that I was worthy of receiving the support that was there for me like I almost didn't really trust it and I think I've spoken about a few times on this podcast maybe like three or four years ago I was I I like went through a bit of a messy breakup and we were back and forth for a really long time and then I was dumped out of the blue and we stopped having contact almost immediately and that's always really painful right it makes you so uncomfortable And it's also such a blessing because it forces you to then seek support from other people. And it is uncomfortable because you're not used to being vulnerable to those people around you because you're so used to relying on this one person that you've been in a relationship with. However, it also forces you to get to know yourself even more and to show those authentic parts of you to other people so that you can actually have better relationships, right? If you're not being vulnerable to a key few people around you, then of course you're not going to feel very supported and it's going to be really hard for you to actually build meaningful connections because you're only showing the best parts of yourself and then people aren't also going to be vulnerable back to you so you're going to feel like that connection is limited so when I went through that initial breakup like three or four years ago four years ago now I don't know however long it was that's when I had my first big realization that I was only being my authentic self to that person I was in a relationship with and at that point I was like wow I really need to start like owning myself more and being more open to other people so that I'm never in that position again where I'm suddenly dumped and feel like I don't have anyone to be myself around so that was a really pivotal moment for me where I started to open up to other people and it was hard like it was definitely hard I can remember really distinctly like crying in the car to one of my friends which I think I've spoken about on this as well Um, but also going through those challenging times and opening up and being able to like ask for the support that I needed gave me the ability to find better friendships or to um, what like to expand the ones that I was already in because I was only able to receive so much that once I realized hey actually maybe I you know these obviously people that have been around for a while and they want to support me maybe if I just open up to them more I can have even better friendships and that's definitely what happened most of you will also know that earlier this year I went through a breakup as well like literally right at the start of the year and coming out of that relationship and I'm talking all personal experience here but I'm going to talk a little bit more about like the theories behind this 
coming out of that relationship, a lot of what was happening was that my needs weren't being met, but I didn't know how to communicate it. And I also didn't know that my needs were valid, right? So I was feeling quite, I guess, a little bit rejected for lack of a better word, that I was trying to initiate lots of like catch-ups with this person, or I was trying to hang out with this person or trying to like, you know, start our future together or organize things together. And it just kept feeling like I was being pushed off to the side or, you know, like, oh, let's talk about it later or let's talk about it in six months. And so because I was so used to hearing that all the time, when we broke up, I was kind of almost a bit like shell-shocked from that in the sense that like I found it really difficult to initiate catch-ups with other people or organize things with other people because I felt like, well, if this person was rejecting me all the time, why does anyone want to hang out with me? So the first couple of months was really tricky for me to like get back out there and expose myself to the people that were around me because even though they would have been available to me, I'd lost a little bit of confidence in actually initiating those those catch-ups and, and like getting ready to hang out with people. And something as well that I don't think we talk about enough with breakups is that transition phase to being in a relationship and obviously spending a lot of time with that person to then being single and wanting to be able to spend time with your friends because it takes a while for your friendship circle to realize and kind of be reminded that, oh, this person probably has more free time now, so we can hang out with them a little bit more. And there's always just going to be that transition phase. So for me personally, I did find it really hard to like initiate catch-ups, but now... My God, I have the most incredible support network around me. And it's only because I got to that place of being really uncomfortable, of feeling really uncertain of, you know, going through that breakup and being really fucking lonely, like for a couple of months as well, that I was then able to push myself and be like, okay, well, it's either I stay in this position, I stay stuck and I hope someone comes to, you know, hang out with me or I wish that I have a better friendship or I wish that I have more things to do on the weekend or I actually take action on these things and Um, I was writing an Instagram post about this today as well. Like something that's always really helped me that I've been doing super consistently over the past year is journaling. And every single day I think about how I want my future to look and what I can do today that's going to help me. And sometimes it'll be really big steps. Like, you know, when I quit powerlifting last year, it was like letting, like quitting power, like leaving my coach. Like that was a huge thing for me at the time. And, or it might be like break up with this person or whatever. And sometimes it's small things like just going out for a walk and spending time with myself or, you know, making sure that I'm expressing myself. Like the steps don't always have to be these massive ones, but just by having that daily reflection and writing it down, it's keeping me accountable to be making sure that I'm actually taking action on the things that I want and the things that I, or or even on the things that are making me feel less than or making me drained of my energy, right? Writing it down, make sure that I'm actually taking action. And it doesn't mean that it's not scary or it's not messy or it always works out. But something I've really learned, especially over the past year is doing something even a little bit scary or a little bit stretchy is always better than nothing at all because just waiting and hoping things are going to change just leads to you getting really frustrated versus doing something is always, it it may lead to a result, but you're going to learn so much more about yourself and it's going to give you energy by doing that thing too. So basically it's not like I called in all of these new friendships or anything like that. It was Pretty much just I was able to have this new level of vulnerability coming out of that relationship earlier this year with my friends because I was like, I don't want to be in that codependent situation anymore. I want to be open to more people around me that are already there. And I just had to overcome that hope and that fear that like people would reject me because at the end of the day, people are going to reject you anyway, like in situations, whether it be because they 
you know, genuinely don't want to hang out with you, which is fine, or because they're busy, you've got to accept that that's a part of life and you're going to survive it. And you can try and avoid it all the time and be stuck again and be lonely. Or you can just ask, like, it's better to know and to, to put yourself out there and to know whether or not that person wants to hang out with you versus sitting there and wondering what if all the time and losing all of that energy wondering what if. Like for me, what I've really learned this year is that I would rather do the thing and know for sure than be left wondering what if. So now I feel the most supported I have ever felt in my life. Like I've just got so many beautiful friendships that I can rely on, that I can call on whenever I need, that I can hang out with, that I can do cool things with, that I can go on holidays with, that I can talk about specific things with like oh I am just obsessed with the people that are in my life and it's come because I know myself better and therefore I can stand in my power when I communicate to people and that doesn't mean that I'm like really strong and like you know I'm like constantly screaming at people or being the center of attention it just means that like I respect myself so other people respect me and then we can have like better conversations or I can laugh more freely because I trust that person more because I trust myself more you know what I mean so let's talk about the theories behind relationships. And I know I've been talking more about friendships, but I'm going to switch into romantic relationships a little bit more. Um, so I don't know if any of you have read the book Attached, but I stumbled upon this when I was going through my breakup earlier this year. I will leave the link below to do the quiz so that you can find out which attachment style that you are. But somehow I stumbled across this quiz when I was going through my breakup, which I feel like, you know, sometimes these things just find you in the right moment and it's exactly what you need to hear. So when you see that thing, it's like go and take action on it, right? So I saw this quiz and I was like, all right, I'm just going to give it a go and like see what attachment theory, I, attachment style I am. And there are three attachment styles. So there is the secure attachment style, which as you can probably imagine it's like being secure that person respects your time they say like they mean what they say they have good intentions they're available to you like they respect themselves they have boundaries but they're also flexible like they're just like the most loving ideal person that you want to be with then there is an avoidant attachment style and they're kind of someone that's scared of too much emotion or giving too much away or becoming too attached to that person and they're really obsessed with being self-sufficient and always feeling like there is the one out there or always feeling like there is someone better out there even if they're in a relationship with someone and they kind of are that version that person that like dangles the carrot in front of you and gives you just enough hope so that you feel like you're in with them but as soon as you de get too close then they'll pull away that's the avoidment avoid avoidant attachment style and then we have the anxious attachment style and this is someone that needs lots of attention and support and loving um, they can be really loyal and super supportive to their partner as well however and, and their main aim I guess and this is kind of all subconscious right but their main desire in life is to be as close to their partner as possible as soon as they feel threatened though and they feel like their partner might be pulling away, they can fall into protest behaviors, which is basically where they go into def a defensive mechanism or like a protection mode. And instead of communicating what their needs are, they'll just kind of get angry at that person and they will get like you know they'll try and like get annoyed at that person in order to get that person's attention. Um, will do things like if you're anxiously attached, like if someone doesn't respond to you within like 
two or three hours, then you'll be like, well, I'm not going to respond in like two or three hours, right? That's a very anxiously attached thing to do because you're trying to respond in a way that will get more attention or will make you that person like have to suffer the same way that you do. And I am anxiously attached and it's been something that I've been working on all year to be a little bit more securely attached. And I wish I knew this information earlier. So for those of you that are just finding out about this now, you're welcome. Go and do the quiz, figure it out. It's literally been like you, I, um, Mimi that I had on the podcast, my friend, and who's also a mindset coach, we literally refer to it as the Bible. Like we're constantly like dissecting our relationships in a really wholesome and positive way because we're just both obsessed with like personal development and referring back to the book, The Attached, which details all of the attachment styles in it and the quiz and everything like that, because it's literally life-changing and relationships and love and partners and whatever makes up such a huge part of our life, right? So if we can understand the way that we relate to people better, then we're obviously going to feel more satisfied in our life and we're going feel like our needs are valid and important and they deserve to be met as well and something my psychologist used to always say to me which I intellectually understood but haven't really been able to embody until very recently was that she would always say to me like you're one day you're going to meet someone that will meet all of your needs and I was just like but like, I don't, yeah, like I get that, but I don't really, like, I don't really get that. Like I don't, cause I didn't really know what my needs were at the time. So finding this book and understanding and researching the attachment styles, which was what I've been doing all year has been incredibly helpful for me to understand what my needs actually are. Right. I used to always think someone who is anxiously attached can feel like there's something wrong with them because they require more Um, support and attention than potentially their partner does like often people who are anxiously attached are dubbed as being clingy or too needy or too much or attention seeking and maybe for some people we might be but that just means that we're not those people and also if we are someone that is clingy and it's left unmanaged or we're anxiously attached and it's left unmanaged then we'll constantly resort to these protest behaviors in a way to try and get people's attention but on the flip side a healthier way to actually manage that is to understand that when I feel threatened or when you feel threatened if you're someone that is anxiously attached it's actually being able to communicate what is underneath that feeling of being threatened. So instead of just going into a protection mechanism of like getting annoyed at that person or trying to somehow frame it as that person's fault or just getting angry at that person and holding it against them, it's actually going underneath that feeling and being like, well, what is it that I really need in this moment? And forcing yourself to be vulnerable with like standing up in your power and being like, this is my need of like, I need more attention. I need more support. Can you reassure me in this moment? And really like, and when you're someone that's anxiously attached, like that feels so exposing and vulnerable because you're so much more used to like protecting yourself by going into that really defensive, almost angry mode. But the more that you can do that, the more that you can then communicate your needs to that person and they can actually meet it, right? The really tricky thing about being anxiously attached as well is that you can very quickly jump to the worst possible conclusions with people. So for example, if your partner doesn't text you back within a certain time, or if you go on a date with someone and they don't respond quickly, or you know, maybe someone says something to you that you aren't really sure about, you'll just automatically jump to the worst possible conclusions. And because your mind is always looking for ways to prove what is happening in your subconscious, you don't even question yourself to be like, well, is that true? Like, is that, is it actually true that just because they don't respond to me within a certain amount of hours, or is it actually true that they hate me? Or is it true that I'm too needy? 
and we just go down this spiral where we start like doubting ourselves and then it gets even harder to know what is real and what's just our anxiety or our attachment style flaring up. So the really cooked thing about attachment um, styles is that there is this weird pull between anxious and avoidant people. So because anxious people, like when they're in a secure relationship, they're incredibly supportive, really loyal, very attentive. But when they're in a more toxic relationship or, or with someone that is avoidant, because they're so clingy, they keep wanting to get the avoidance person's attention. And it's very like alluring to keep trying to get like to get that attention essentially whereas the avoidant loves that as well because they know that they can kind of push this person away but they also know that they're always going to be there and that they're always going to keep coming back for more and like I said they keep kind of giving you little breadcrumbs and we can sometimes mistake this feeling of like ups and downs highs and lows and like back and forth all the time as um, passion or love especially depending on how you've grown up and I know for me personally like there were lots and ups and downs in my relationship with my family and kind of what I was exposed to when I was younger just because of the way that I don't know we all responded to each other I grew up kind of having a lot of um, arguments and being like in confronting situations and just so that was the way that I expected things to happen when I was growing up and I actually I know now reviewing my or reflecting on my history I know now that I was probably with secure partners earlier on in my life, but I, for some reason, not for some reason, but because I was so used to having that like up and down those extreme highs and lows, I found those people too available to me because they were so secure, right? Versus then I started, then I would date people that were avoidant and I felt like, well, that was the that was what was meant it was meant to feel like like it was meant to be like extreme highs and then extreme lows because I would get a little bit and it would feel really good and then they would pull away from me and then they would come back and I would grovel for their attention and then we would have arguments and like oh just all of these really cooked things um and so I felt like that was really normal for me and so this year I've been really working on understanding my attachment style and being able to really communicate my needs as well to future people that I'm you know wanting to enter into a relationship with instead of trying to fold myself in and make myself smaller so that I'm more like, I don't know, pleasing to that person. Right. So, and this is, this is something that's actually happened to me this year where I fell into a pattern with a person that was avoidant and I found myself folding myself in and overlooking some of the red flags that were there because I wanted that person's attention. And when you're dating someone that's avoidant and you're anxious, it's like, you keep putting yourself out there because they might say no to you a few times or they might pull away or they might only give you breadcrumbs. But then when they do say yes to you or they are available to you or they show you some love, it for some reason, for some sick reason, it feels even more satisfying because it's so so up in the air whether or not they're going to say yes. But if you're relating to this, let me tell you, you deserve so much more than that. You deserve so much more than breadcrumbs. I say this to my clients all the time. You deserve literally the entire fucking cake a three-tiered cake with all of the icing all of the trimmings all of the cherries on top there are more people out there and this is what I teach in the abundance method and in peaceful soul to be honest but especially in abundance because we live in an abundant universe right trying to stay with someone that's not giving you the entire cake is 
very much a scarcity mindset of, oh, okay, if I, if I don't get this person's attention, then I'm never going to get attention again. Or, you know, there's never going to be, there's not going to be no one out there for me. It's just not the case at all. If that person is not meeting all of your needs, if they're not being really available to you, if they're not respecting your time, if they're not showing up when they say they'll show up, if they're not responding to you in a way that is, you know, like with text messages or whatever, then they don't respect you, right? And they are just taking advantage of the fact that you are so available. So honestly, like if they're not serving you in that way, at some point you have to ask yourself, is this really worth it? Or am I just staying in this because I'm scared of being alone? And it's making that tough decision to leave it because if you're saying yes to that, you're saying no to something else that is really secure. No to someone that can meet all of your needs. And I have learned that firsthand that there will be people out there that will meet all of your needs and you do not have to lower your standards or make your life harder and so unstable in order to just get someone's attention that isn't available to you. If you feel like you haven't had good role models of relationships in your life, then think about people in your life currently that do have a good relationship, that feel really secure, that feel really healthy, and think about the hallmarks and the traits of those relationships and how they communicate and how they talk to each other. And then really start to ask yourself, if, is that is like is that something that you're looking for in a relationship and if not why not something that's also been really helpful for me as I've been doing this research around attachment theory is um figuring out in my who in my life is secure and I'm actually surrounded by so many secure people and I'm pretty sure the stat is that there is 50% of the population or something like that or maybe it's split evenly into thirds like a third of people are secure a third of people are avoidant a third of people are um, anxiously attached and it's not gendered at all like there is an equal amount of females and males and everyone in between that are all different attachment styles I think sometimes we can fall into that idea that men are more avoidant and women are more anxious but it can actually go both ways and I've experienced that being someone that dates all of the genders in my own life like I think so often people think oh it'd be easier like as a woman dating a woman it'd be easier to date a woman because you know you are both available or you're both more emotional or you're both have like similar thought patterns but at the end of the day you're still dating someone so it's not like you're just becoming friends with that person and whenever you're involving like emotions and past relationship history and all of those things, it can get complicated sometimes. But anyway, I digress. Um, a little. Um, so, but identifying people in your life that you believe are really secure. So for me, I've like one of my besties is like super secure. She like, and obviously we aren't in a romantic relationship at all. Um, but I see the way that she responds to people that she might be dating or that she's interested in, or you know, just the way that she will talk to people around her and the way that she holds herself and the way that she isn't shy to like say what she wants she's really honest she's open she respects herself she doesn't care if she double texts she's not playing these games of like oh I need to wait like an hour to reply because they waited an hour to reply like just little things like that and you're probably you probably know people in your life that are really secure and what's been really helpful for me to do is kind of study those traits and like ask that person about how they are in relationships and ask myself how I can also embody those traits in relationships as well. A big part of the reason why, especially as people that are anxious, when we really want people to be close to us, we don't communicate our needs or we don't allow ourselves to be really transparent because we're worried that if we do, then that person will 
push away from us or we'll lose that person. And yeah, that's kind of scary. But you know what? It's better to be super transparent earlier on so that you know, rather than trying to pour energy into this person and trying to get them to like you and finding out that they just don't later on. And then you've already kind of formed this attachment to that person. And then it's really hard to detach yourself. The more energy and time you put into someone, the harder it is to actually detach yourself away from that person. So that means the earlier that you can be really transparent about what it is that you want, what your needs are, what's important to you, the earlier that you can like filter out who is worthy of you actually going through that energy and effort of attaching and giving that person your time. And then I want to share how obviously this um, theory is relative to in romantic relationships of being able to understand your needs and communicate them instead of going into that like really reactive, almost aggressive mode when you feel threatened. Like you can ensure that you do that with your family. This has been a huge thing for me because I am so used to, yeah, going into that quiet, um, like fight mode with my family because that's just like how we've always communicated. Now I do my best whenever I feel that feeling of like, oh, I've, I need to like be, you know, I need to be on like, be in power in this situation. I've got to take control and I can do that by being angry or blaming it on them. I think, okay, how do I want to respond in this moment? And it can be really tricky to do that, especially with your family, because it's like, you know, you just can get really annoyed at them really quickly. But a key piece of emotional intelligence, intelligence, which is something that I really value, is showing and is asking yourself how you want to show up in this moment. How would you show up if you were your higher self? And having a big cry about something and screaming and trying to get attention maybe might make me feel good in that very moment. And it might take more self-control for me to think, okay, how do I actually want to respond? But if I take a moment and I decide how do I want to respond in that moment, then I can communicate what it is that I really need. And then people around me can actually meet that. And if they don't meet it, and this is with romantic relationships or family or friends, it's asking yourself, where do I feel like my needs are being ignored? And how can I offer that to myself? This is something that I am, and it's something that it's really important to do, especially if you feel like you don't have very many good connections in this moment right now, or you're dating, or you feel a bit estranged from people. We can very quickly think I can only get those needs from other people, which obviously I am the first person to say that it is okay to want to rely on other people and you should. We're, uh, that's how we as humans actually designed to rely on one another. But it's also important that you have ways of coping by yourself and not putting all of your eggs in one basket. And ex- like, and re- like, if that person isn't available in that moment, like, how are you going to be able to cope? So asking yourself, where do I feel like my needs are not being met in this moment? And how can I offer that to myself? And how can I also set myself up for success in the future by making sure that they are met in the future, right? By getting really clear on what it is that I want and knowing whatever you want, whether it is someone to be obsessed with you, whether it is someone to be available to you, whether it's someone that, you know, you do all these things with, you have shared interests with, whatever, accepting that and being like, yeah, I'm worthy of that. And that is totally out there for me so that you can communicate that and then really like be like, yep, this is what I want versus you trying to squish yourself into a mold because you believe that's all you're worth. Whatever you desire is truly out there for you. It's the first step is always being really like, yep, this is what I want and I'm unapologetic about it. So I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to do a couple more episodes around how to have like healthy relationships and open communication and all of those kinds of juicy things. 
things. But my recos for this, if you're interested in more about this, is to go and buy the book Attached or you can download it on Audible or wherever you get your audiobooks from. Another podcast that's really good that I'm obsessed with is called the Just Break Up Pod. Um, I think it's on Spotify, so you'll need to go check it out there. Or listening to The Hookup, which is also available on podcasts on all platforms. And it is a podcast by Triple J where they talk about relationships and sex and love and all of those things, which is really interesting. So definitely go and check that out. Um, And if you liked this episode, I would love if you could take a screenshot, share it on your story, tag me uh, or share it with a friend that you feel like might benefit from this or send me a DM. I'm obsessed with hearing your feedback. I'm always really keen to hear what you think. So let me know and I will speak to you soon. 